up, everybody? Welcome to episode one of the Tech Audit TV podcast. My name is Brandon Hassler, and with me is someone you will likely see regularly here on the show. The Andy Richter to Conan O'Brien, the Steve Higgins to Jimmy Fallon, the Paul Schaefer to David Letterman, the Guillermo to Jimmy Kimmel. It's my very own brother, Matt Hassler. How you doing? I'm doing good. I feel like I'm... I kind of want to cry. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So just to be clear, you're number two. That, I'm okay with that. That was if, And as his little brother, that just feels real good. All so right. Fair enough. Hey, you know what? Here's the deal. Big brothers can handle that. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> good, good big brothers know who's really in charge. Uh, we are recording here at the Stone Sheba, located in the one and only downtown Provo, Utah. I'm sure we'll have more to to say about the Stone Sheba and episodes moving forward, but it's a pretty cool project in the works. Uh, quick intro to the podcast. This is the, the pilot episode, I guess you could call it. Uh, most of you listening are probably already subscribers or followers of the Tech Audit TV YouTube channel. That's where most of the, the action happens. Uh, this podcast is kind of an extension to that. So some of the stuff that you can expect, we got... Um, Mostly commentary on interesting news within the world of tech, maybe some theories, who knows. Uh, might get some good interviews set up in the future with some industry experts, those in the, the field of technology. Uh, and if you have ideas of people you would love to see on the show, go ahead and send me an email at techaudittv at gmail.com. And then, of course, because this is kind of an extension of a YouTube channel, it's all about the community. So uh, if there's ever rants or comments that I get that I feel the need to elaborate on, I will definitely open up that dialogue here with the Tech Audit TV community. So let's get started with our very first topic. This is something that uh, came across my, uh, I actually get a lot of my insight. So I use the Google Pixel 2 XL. Matt uses the Google Pixel 2 Google Pixel 2 XL. One thing I loved about the Pixel from day one, and I still love, is the Google Assistant newsfeed. Do you use that often? I was just thinking a few days ago how much it has, uh, without me thinking about it, it's just slowly taken over as my main newsfeed. And I don't like it, to be honest with Like, I like it, but I don't. I don't like that it took over the, the main screen. It used to be your schedule for the day. Oh, yes. Um, and then they just made that little switch on you where you'd see news, but then you'd scroll down and, or no, you'd see your schedule. Then you'd scroll down and see news. Um, that's how uh, Google now was yep. before it became the Google assistant. And then it, and then it was still your schedule. Then they just flipped it. It's the news feeds. It's full on page. Yeah. And you have to actually swipe over to get to your schedule. For me, I don't like that because I've always used Google over Apple for productivity. Uh, like I've been able to customize it. And I want to see my schedule um, for work. That's a big deal for me. So I'll be honest, while I use it a lot, I don't like that I do. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And Apple has, you know, something similar. Uh, I think the, the the area that Google wins on without going too off topic is it's Google. Like they know everything about you. So the second I do a, a search about maybe uh, mortgage rates, suddenly I'm getting pretty relevant articles. It's not overbearing, but it just knows what you want because the all seeing Google Eye is watching, but that's uh, where I saw this story. I just swiped over and it's, lately I've been trying to go to Facebook is usually Facebook and Twitter where I try to get some news, but now it's just 
so crap, so much crap out there. Uh, I just end up remembering like, oh yeah, Google Assistant. I swipe over and, and, and this story popped up and I, it caught my eye because I'm obviously a big fan of the Google Pixel, but very few people that I know have the Google Pixel. Uh, the title is from, oh man, I printed this out and I forget. There's a lot of publications that covered this, but essentially this headline here was Google is good at building phones, but terrible at selling them. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Um, I guess if you're going off the numbers, it's kind of hard to disagree with it. Um, I just don't know if they're trying to would be, that's what, fair. I, what I would say. That's a fair question. So here's some interesting statistics. A lot of these articles came out because the IDC, which, oh man, I looked up what the IDC stands for. It's essentially a company that just does a lot of analytics. It's the International Data Corporation. Uh, they do a lot of market intelligence research. In 2017, Google shipped 3.9 million Pixel phones. Sounds like a lot. It was actually double what the previous year uh, Google shipped. On the other hand, Apple. How many phones do you think Apple shipped in 2017? Google shipped 3.9. I'd guess Apple probably sells that in a couple weeks. Um, so hold on, 52, three. Let's let's go with 130 million. 215.8 wow. million iPhones were, were shipped out in 2017, which averages out to be uh, about 4.15 million phones a week. Wow. So Apple ships out more phones in a week than Google does in a year. And another interesting statistic, Samsung, what, where would you guess they are at? So we've got iPhone, a big manufacturer, obviously two point or sorry, 215 million where do you think Samsung stands? Um, I'm going to guess, based off that number, I'm going to say one. No, no, no. Samsung does more than Apple worldwide. Are we talking worldwide? We're talking worldwide. That's got to be more than um, uh, 250. Uh, 317.3 wow. million. So Samsung crushes iPhone and uh, Google in terms of smartphone smartphone sales but the interesting thing is you would think that okay nobody cares about the google pixel but for those who follow the tech audit tv channel uh just recently i did a video uh kind of a 2018 updated video on what phones do popular tech tubers use and it was a pretty close battle between the google pixel 2 xl and the iphone 10. no not surprising about the iphone 10 but the google pixel 2 is a great phone and those who are savvy in the in, in the smartphone industry who pay attention to that stuff a lot of them are very excited about the google pixel 2 obviously there's the software side which is what google really focuses on and in terms of their marketing it's not necessarily the hardware although the hardware is pretty good especially when you look at the camera um very comparable if not better than the iphone 10. So you have all these uh, YouTubers, these these industry tech journalists and whatnot, a lot of them using the, the Pixel 2, but very few people in terms of the market are using it. What do you think some of those reasons are in your mind? So I'm convinced that Google's not trying to, well, here I guess a couple of the hard reasons why a consumer wouldn't buy it, even if they know what it is, is one, they're very hard to availability. You, you don't know where to get it unless you want, if you didn't already want to get it or the commercial didn't like really make you want it, you know, you're not going to get it. So you're going to go into your cell phone store 
which is still how most people buy phones. They go in and they get talked into something. Yep. If they're not already completely converted to Apple, then they're going into their store and they're saying, okay, yeah, yeah I saw this Google Pixel. One, the guy's saying we don't have it because if you're not at a Verizon store, they don't have it. Yep. Um, and, and then two, beyond that, he's probably, if, if they're open to the Android ecosystem, that guy is very unlikely aware of how much better of a phone it is. I, and he's also pushed by commissions. So, you know what I mean? So he's mm-hmm. going to get an extra eight, 10 bucks or something like that. If he sells you, um, a Samsung phone, cause they're the ones doing all those deals. I'm not aware of Google having those deals. Um, and like I said, there's such limited, they could barely keep up with shipping them. They ran out. So it's not like they expected to sell a lot more of these and then sold less, you know? Yeah. Well, with shipping, uh, that was one thing this article actually talks about. Um, where is this here? Five months. Um, so Google dealt with a lot of uh, stock issues in 2017. Uh, it says here, even five months after the launch, launch of the Pixel, the Pixel 1 at the end of 2016, the company could not keep up with stock, uh, couldn't keep up with the demand. Uh, their uh, software VP, I believe, SVP, is that? Senior v- oh, yeah, yeah, what am vice I thinking? president? Yes, senior vice president uh, referred to Pixel's constant stock issues at the Pixel 2 launch saying, I just wish we had a few more of them to go around. Uh, they did do a lot better. Now the Pixel 2 is pretty much consistently in stock, according to this article. Uh, it was in stock when I went. You were having some stock issues at the beginning, specifically with the white panda phone. Yeah. Uh, it seems like that's back open. But the interesting thing is, so two of the big things that a lot of people are looking at are um, you have the the, um, the carrier issue. Right now, Google Pixel is only sold unless you buy directly through Google, like an open, what do you call it, unlocked phone. Yeah. Uh, you have to go through Verizon, which that's mm-hmm. already a smaller portion of the market. Apple is available on every major carrier. And so you don't, you, so Apple already not only has their own marketing team, but now they have all of the sales reps at all of these cell phone companies pushing the iPhone. Um, and uh, the Google Pixel is only sold in six to eight countries. The iPhone 10 is available in 70 countries. So there's availability thing there. And the other big thing that this article makes, and maybe you would disagree, but one of the reasons, and, and perhaps you might think that Google is strategically not doing this. Apple has a retail empire. How many, how many Apple stores do you believe there are? There's 22 countries that have Apple stores. What would mm-hmm. you say the total number of Apple stores are? Oh, man. Um, I'm just going to guess. I have no idea if it's right. I'll go with 380. It's not terrible. 499. Oh. Almost 500 stores Apple has. Uh, Google basically has none. They, uh, they dabble with pop-up stores around the holidays and whatnot. Um, sometimes they'll have dedicated displays within electronic stores like Best Buy, but they don't have that standalone retail presence. And I think a lot of people like the fact that even though Google support is actually really good and I've had several experiences with them, I mean, my phone was stolen in the mail and it was marked as delivered. I told Google and right away they're like, oh, do you just want us to send you a brand new one? Yeah, oh, sure. That's great. I don't know many phone companies that would. It's still a day do that. compared. It's still a day or two compared to the idea that I can just drive up. Yeah. People like the fact that I, if I have a problem, I can go to the Apple store and they'll take care of it, even though it might cost a lot more money. Uh, do you think the, the fact that Google doesn't have retail stores, the Google store, do you think that's intentional? 
Um, I, I don't know if it's intentional as much as the, I think the thing people are forgetting is that Apple's been doing this since 2008, just with phones, you know, as a hardware manufacturer, you're um, saying like Android in general, Well, I'm saying Apple, when you would, the idea that Google should be competing on anywhere near the level that, uh, Apple and Samsung are is just, it's kind of a silly idea when you consider the history that Apple and Samsung have of making hardware, and then you consider how long Google has now been doing it, it it's just silly to th- expect them to compete on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Apple's been making hardware for, what, 40 years now? Something like that? I don't know how long they've been around. Uh, Apple's, they invented the, the iPhone, smartphone, iPhone you know? came out, what, 2006? Uh, 2000, yeah, somewhere around that, yeah. Because I remember... 2007, maybe? Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was around, yeah, 2006, 2007. I remember seeing the first iPhone. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and, and it was. Then, it was an incredible device. But uh, the interesting thing is, is and I, if I had to pinpoint what is the major reason that I that that Pixel Two does not sell nearly as many phones, even though it's as good, if not better, than some of the other flagship phones in the market. If I had to pick the number one reason, I would say it's lack of carrier deals. Most people. Go on when they're ready to upgrade. They go to their carrier. They go to Sprint.com. They go to T-Mobile. Verizon customers obviously have the option, but if you're not seeing it there, you're just thinking, okay, iPhone, and then there's Samsung. Yeah. And Samsung is I can't afford an iPhone, so I'm going to go with the Samsung. Obviously, that's not always the case. But um, well, I'd be interested. These numbers you're talking about with with Google, they have a couple other projects. They have the Android One project. So when you're talking worldwide numbers, it'd be interesting to know you know, we're comparing just pixels to iPhones and pixels to, uh, you know, Samsung devices of which they have many, many devices. Uh, Google has a couple more projects than just, I guess that's my, the point, uh, uh, my big picture reason why they're not selling is I agree with you. It's because they're not in many carriers. I think that's on purpose though, because you can't, they're, they're very similar to Microsoft in the sense that they make Android. They want to keep making Android. Have people. They want to give people good reasons to keep putting it on their devices that they are manufacturing. So they can't just suddenly start driving all of their partners out of business and competing directly with them. The biggest thing is if Samsung decided to try to switch over to their Tizen OS that they've had forever. Um, I know they'd lose a lot of people, but they when you have three hundred when you're shipping three hundred million phones. You're going to keep a lot of those, you know, that's really going to fracture the market. So my guess is Google is trying to slowly create a presence slowly on purpose. They don't want to spook people like Samsung and force them into a major change to move away from Android. And, but they also, uh, they also need that presence where they can compete and show them that, Hey, we could do this without you. If you chose to leave, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a balance that Microsoft is, gone through that same thing. You got to, when you're, when you're making the software, but then having other, uh, manufacturers do the hardware, you got to find that balance of working with them and you don't want to compete too directly with them. Yeah. Well, and as I look at this, I think one thing that comes to mind is when you look at Google itself, Google is not a software company. They're not a hardware company. They're an information company. That is their product is information. That's where, uh, I haven't checked the stats in a little bit, but last I checked over 90% of Google's overall revenue comes from uh, AdWords, 
advertising and selling information. And so even though, so I think that Google Pixel is just quietly working on it. I think they know that there's a lot of things that need to be done on the phone before they really want to push push this mass market. They know that they're going to get the early adopters, which are the people they want, because those are going going to be the people that are very critical and open about what needs to improve. And they're winning the battle because if information is their product, uh, I just checked before the show. I think the last stat I saw was Android uh, has 87% of the worldwide market. So if all these people are on Android, even if they're doing it through a, a, an HTC phone or if they're doing it through a, a, a Samsung phone, Google's still getting the information. And then all those iPhone users are probably using Gmail. They're probably downloading Chrome onto their phones. So they're still winning the battle. And that's the thing, like Google owns two of the biggest, the two biggest search platforms. You have Google search and you have YouTube. And with that kind of power, that kind of marketing power, they should easily be able to crush like Apple. Samsung would kill to have platforms like that. And so that's why I think uh, I think it comes down to the carrier deals. I think that's one of the big thing on the surface. But I, I kind of agree with you in terms of the I don't think they're trying to grow fast right off the bat. I think they're taking it slow, working out the bugs uh, because they still got the information on their side. And so it'll well, be they, interesting. They get to have a device that is rare. It's like, like you're saying, they get the best of both worlds. They're still making a ton of money on the fact that they own 87% of the market for the actual operating system. And they get to also sell a device that has a group of pretty hardcore fans. Nobody that has an iPhone gets any longer to be like, oh yeah, I have the new iPhone. That's a big deal. Everybody has the new iPhone. You know what I mean? It is what it's, that's great for Apple. Like I don't, I'm not saying that in a bad way, like good for them. You know what I mean? There's, they sell the crap out of those things, but Mm -hmm. it's not a rare thing to see somebody with uh, a galaxy phone or an iPhone. It's, it's, it's actually become like kind of the bland norm. And so the Google gets to have this massive market of information, like you're saying, make money on it and still have a cutting edge, like small product that it's like, it's super cool if you have a pixel. And I admit that's part of the, I I always bought HTC phones, but it is cool to, it was always cool then to have a phone that nobody else had. Yep. (laughs) It sucked when it basically drove them out, but, but it's the same thing here is they're not going to go out of business in the same way that HTC, they didn't go out, but HTC, as they lost their market share, they couldn't afford to keep pumping out a small amount of phones. Google can keep making this amount of phones forever. I don't think people get that. That's the part they don't get. Yeah. Well, and Google acquired HTC's uh, smartphone teams, which I think that's what then sends the message that, oh, wow, Google is serious about the smartphone game. So now we're going to start really comparing them to iPhone and to uh, Samsung phones. So that's interesting. I don't know if you saw the uh, the Pixel 3 rumor video I did. I don't know how long ago it was. Maybe it was pretty early after the Pixel 2. But one of the big rumors is that Google may or may not take the approach that Apple did with the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 10, having mm. two Pixel 3 models that are kind of the premium ones, and then you have the high-end Pixel 3 whatever, or what do they call it, something else. Do you think Pixel will take that? Do you think Google will take that approach? And if they do, would you uh, approve or disapprove? I think they will because I think it's been proven that none of these companies are very good at being original. <laughs> they all just kind of copycat each other uh, just because then it piggybacks off the other person's marketing. You don't have to convince people to try something new. So I, yeah, I, I would think so. I've heard 
Apple might have a phone as big as six and a half inches. Um, like the big phone. It's like a phablet basically. Yeah. So I, I can see Google just kind of copying them, but I, they definitely need to get a cheaper device so they can win back. They lost a lot of Nexus fans who loved the fact that you could get a Google made quote unquote device um, cheap, like, you know, between 200 and 500 max. Now all of a sudden their phones are basically priced right up there with Apple, a little bit less, not yep. much. So I think they need to, frankly, to win back that core group. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, there you have it. Uh, there's my little response there uh, to why is Google so bad at selling phones? I think uh, I think a little bit of it is strategic. But uh, moving on, uh, the next thing I want to talk about, also Google related. So I apologize for those who hate Google. You might just want to end the episode now. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I'm interested in this because I am a customer of YouTube TV. I've realized I'm pretty much Google everything. I've got all of my calendar, like all my productivity, email calendars. It's all Google, Google phones. My internet at home is through Google fiber. My TV used to be through Google fiber, but then I switched to YouTube TV, which I, if you, again, if you're a listener or sorry, a, a viewer of tech audit TV, you've seen my, uh, Hulu versus YouTube TV video. And in that video, I actually favored Hulu. And that's what I was using for about a month or so. We ended up leaving Hulu, uh, my wife and I, because the primary reason was the layout just sucked. It was a horrible interface. It was very confusing. It didn't feel like the live TV that we're used to with your, you know, Comcast, Time Warner, um, Google Fiber type thing. Uh, YouTube TV had that. It has the live tab where it's just Boom, there's all it's like a guide where you can scroll up and down and see what's on. It has the recommended page, kind of like what Hulu does, and it's got unlimited DVR recordings for up to six users on your plan. So, uh, the big news though $35 a month is how much Google, uh, Google, sorry, gosh, I keep all these products. That's how much YouTube TV was. Uh, the price is actually going to be going up soon. But that's also because they're adding a bunch of networks. So Google just announced that YouTube TV will be adding TBS, TNT, CNN, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, True TV, and Turner Classic Movies. Also adding NBA TV, MLB Network to the base lineup. Uh, there are some other networks, I believe. Those are kind of the big ones people are talking about. And I've also read that uh, for you baseball and NBA fans, NBA All Access and uh, MLB TV will be offered as an optional paid add-on in the coming months. So this is interesting. And so right now, I just noticed I got, I got a pop-up when I logged into YouTube TV. It says we've added a bunch of channels and um, your price will not be going up. So you're grandfathered in. Fortunately, though, the price isn't going up until March 13th. So we've got a little under a month before... Uh, the price goes up and that will be going up to $40, putting it in the range that Hulu TV is in also $40. Although Hulu TV does include uh, the basic Hulu subscription in there. So you're getting Hulu's giant database of movies and shows. Uh, the big winner in terms of price is still sling sitting at $20 and then direct TVs now is uh, base package is $35, but Google believes that it can justify the $40 mainly because of the cloud DVR with no storage limits and six users per account. You don't have YouTube TV, right? 
I don't. Have you ever thought about it? I have, but um, I have how such much, a you're good with Comcast, deal. right? Yeah. How much do you pay for just TV alone? That's the. Uh, it, I think it comes out it and to you get the discounts. I'm only paying like 130 because with, when Google Fiber came in, that forced Comcast to drop their prices. So I got that 130 dollar triple play package. So I've got ultra high speed internet, whatever you want to call it, their version of gigabit. It's like, but I get like, I don't know, 300 down. Like it's fast. I've never had a problem with it. Um, and we have like 40 devices connected. So um, that TV and phone for 130. I, I don't know off the top of my head how that breaks down. I would guess the TV portion is 70 of it, probably half of it, but I would lose the discount. My internet would just go up a little bit. I've done, I, I've looked yeah. into that. I'd pay more for my internet. I feel like when I did the math, it was going to save me like 20 bucks a month, which is, it's not like a negligible amount of money, but for the difference right now where I'm getting everything yeah, to cut down to that small of a package, um, the only real advantage for me would be the, the, the cloud storage. Cloud storage is nice and being able to watch on the go. But I can do that with Comcast oh. other than NFL. Even if you're on Comcast a different has, like but, network, man, different Comcast state. sucks in a lot of ways, but, um, well, sometimes that's blacked out. Yeah. Um, cause like I've tried logging into, uh, like Jared's Comcast, uh, uh, or I guess Jared mom's Comcast account and to watch a jazz game because he gets the games. I don't. And he has the, uh, I forget what you call it. Uh, Xfinity now or something like that or Xfinity go. And, uh, it says, Oh, you have to be logged into, the, the home network in order to do it. So yeah. I'm not sure if you've tried watching like sports is always a mess, uh, but does YouTube TV have that for sure down? Yeah, I feel so like I they're going to deal with the same problems. Um, I haven't had any issues. The only time I've ever been blocked was the Super Bowl, and that you could still watch on YouTube TV. It, it just had to be cast to a TV or gone through an app. You yeah. couldn't watch it physically on your phone, which is weird. But YouTube TV did save the day for New Year's Eve. I was down in St. George. Nick's house and he thought he had the New York countdown and we didn't try to get to the channel until like five minutes before. And for some reason his TV wasn't picking it up. So I had to pull out with like 30 seconds left in the countdown, opened up YouTube, YouTube TV and everyone watched it on my tiny <laughs> five inch screen. But that was one instance where it's like, Oh, it's pretty cool how you can like be on vacation and just watch. You can watch the news or catch up on, on episodes, which more and more are doing that. But uh, it also comes with YouTube Red, which I don't know, isn't really a library to brag about. I've I've only watched one show. Have you ever watched any YouTube Red? I literally shows? don't even equate it. And this is a this is a hard burn on YouTube. I don't even think about it as providing original content. To me, YouTube Red just means no ads. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Enough. Like when I think of YouTube, and I've had YouTube Red basically not basically since the day it came out. And you've never watched any of their original content. I think I did right when it came out and it was all so underwhelming. So Unless you're a hardcore fan of someone who's making yeah. that, there's no reason to, I, none of it was compelling enough to just be like, I don't know. I got to recheck it. But there is one. I've only watched one that I've actually enjoyed. And I think you would love it as well. It's called vlogumentary. Uh -huh. So it's a, it's a documentary, uh, Shay Carl. I don't know if you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who he is, um, he has Utah ties ended up, uh, creating maker studios, which sold for, I think like 300 something million to Disney. But it, it talks about like the early days of YouTube and even to now to how like this whole vlogging era got started. And then also just like the, 
the the challenges that that families could face and like the, the criticism you get but then also like it's just interesting how you almost like want to start a vlog afterwards but it takes a very real approach into like all these different vloggers who have been with youtube since the beginning as well as like some new ones joining like your casey neistat type guys who have kind of revolutionized the way vlogging is done but uh that if you haven't watched that i would highly recommend like bridget even watched it with me she thought it was really good um especially if you follow any vloggers it's just interesting to get like what is what is it like to be a vlogger and what's like the stuff that you have to deal with what are the ups and the downs but that was well done. But other than that, it is kind of like your average, like it's almost like it was just made for tweens mm. who follow. Some it's of these, weird like, as we're talking about this. It's weird for me that they don't push that content on me. I don't know why Google doesn't because you tend to fall. You're either searching for something specific on YouTube or you're following your own, you know, recommendations based on what you've watched before. And I don't really ever have. I would think that they would push original content on me a little harder than they do. Google's all about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like we were talking about with the news feed. I didn't even realize it until the other day that, holy crap, I get all my news from this now. Um, yeah, yeah I, that's weird to me that I can't off the top of my head think of them shoving YouTube red content on me. I just think of it as you get YouTube red so you don't have ads. That's true. That's, <laughs> really, yeah, that's probably the most benefit. I don't really care. But YouTube TV does. A lot of people do ask that, and I get that a lot in the comments. Uh, people are asking, does YouTube TV come with... Um, uh, what's the word? Adless videos, no ads. So that pays for your YouTube Red subscription in addition to your YouTube TV. No, only YouTube Red original content. You ah. still don't get. So it's not like Google Play. And you don't, so you where don't you get, get the Google the ads. Play. Okay. So and then that's like a lot of people when I when they ask like who's your TV with, I say YouTube TV, and most people think who are, especially who are not tech savvy, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I watch YouTube sometimes. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. Like, so maybe, I don't know if that's like a, if that's going to be a hurdle for Google to get over because so many people just associate YouTube with, oh yeah, random cat videos and fail videos. Yeah. And my 13 year old watches YouTube videos. I need real TV here. So maybe they should have called it Google TV. I don't know. Or, or come up with well, a different, tried that different before, name. Though, and that didn't that's work. True. Like, I, I think that I, I really think on most of this stuff, they are, they're learning from their mistakes and they're taking the long route on all this stuff. I mean, I think eventually Google plus will just get rebranded because right now Facebook's just tanking, you know, people are leaving in droves. I don't, did you see that Jim Carrey, like fully came out and told people to dump their stock and oh, get really? off of Facebook? Yeah. It's just a protest. I heard that one. Um, but I think it's smart that they've kept the platform around so they can at some point just rebrand it and keep, uh, you know, their user base. I think they're doing the same thing. They're just, these are all little tests. This is the downside though. Cause I kind of talked you into the pixel. Um, I, I don't know if I was the deciding factor, but I obviously were a big factor. I pushed you hard. The big factor was I, my, my plan was sprint. Sprint was actually the thing that pushed me over the edge. I think you played that was big the final part. thing. It was just like, okay, I don't want to spend all this money on an iPhone. And then I got to resign with sprint and I, I hate sprint. Maybe I'm just going to try this Google, this project Fi thing. Oh, that's the other thing. My cell service is through Google as well. And then that's where they only works with those phones. And I already had used right. your pixel. So I'm like, all right, let's just go with the pixel see how it works out. And so far it's been pretty good. That's the difference though, between Google and Apple. And, and I, this is when, when people tell me they're Apple fans, I don't argue them because if you like that ecosystem, the steadiness of it, that's the ecosystem for you. Because if you're a, uh, if you use Google products, you learn pretty quickly, 
that you cannot count on anything being there very long. That's true. <laughs> so for people who just want to know that they're always going to have that product there and it'll, it'll change very slowly. Um, Google's not the company, but I think they're trying, I guess my broader point was, was that I think they are trying to be that a little bit more and that they are taking a much longer view on a lot of these products than they used to. So that's my hope. At least it just feels like that. They're saying, okay, we can get YouTubers, people who know YouTube and watch it. They'll get this. They'll sign on. They ran their numbers because they have so much info. They didn't go into this blindly. So mm -hmm. they're making money on this stuff. And yep. if it takes them 10 years to get to where the general public knows what this is, I think one of the big realities is YouTube TV doesn't work probably for the majority of the like country as far as if you're just looking at square miles because well, people don't have high speed internet. So that was the part of the announcement is they're going into a bunch of new places. I mean, some to mention here, Honolulu, El Paso, Scranton, Pennsylvania, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Ooh. So Thunder Mifflin will be able to nice. get that. But uh, it says YouTube claims its TV service is now available in the top 100 U.S. markets and over 85% of U.S. households. It launched last April 2017 in just five cities. Not bad progress for a year. So they're claiming that they've got at least 85% of U.S. households now with a lot of these big markets. that they've. I mean, it's a huge list here. So that does make a big difference. Well, and, these, and, and, and these are big cities for the most part. Even the smallest ones are still big. Yep. Everybody in these cities is fairly, they're going to be a little more tech savvy than a rural rural area. That's the hardest word to say. Yep. Who the, Google is not about to go lay the structures down that uh, Comcast has been working on for 20 freaking years. So I, I guess my point is I think this stuff is all way more planned out. It's fun for people to talk about it in the sense of, I wonder why they're flopping here. That whatever is all pretty planned out, in my opinion. I think they know what they're doing. And uh, the other update to my video: as soon as I launched that video, a week later, because one of the big criticisms I, I had of YouTube TV was that it was only available on your phone. You had to cast it to a, a Chromecast or, or something like that. Which I don't know. It's just kind of lame. Uh, like it's just nice to be able to like have a remote or or a controller if you're watching on Xbox. You don't have to switch devices. Um, and then a week later they announced, Hey, we're going to start having apps. And that's one thing Hulu had that Google didn't. And, uh, now they, and then they were holding off on Apple TV and Roku and just, uh, I think like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, finally came out on Roku and Apple TV, which is nice. So Google TV or sorry, YouTube TV is now available on pretty much every major streaming device outside Chromecast still works obviously, but, uh, Roku, all of those devices, the, the, was it in the, the shield? I have the NVIDIA shield and your listeners should go buy one instantly. If they have the money, I've heard good bomb. things. That's so, awesome. Very fun. Well, one day maybe we can convince you. If you don't have high speed internet TV. though, not worth it. Yeah, that's um, probably true. Cause the stream, the game streaming is one of the coolest aspects of it. And you gotta have a, you gotta have pretty good yep. signal to do that. But yeah, I, I'm sure I'll end up on YouTube TV. I just, I do feel like all of these are, uh, they, they got people to move over from the big cable networks on this promise of being able to choose what you paid for instead of having to pay for the whole package. And I kind of felt from the beginning, like it was a lie and that they were just going to slowly transition into bigger packages. I would love to see YouTube TV offer tiers here and say, uh, okay, if you don't want this you know, these channels, or if you don't want the unlimited cloud storage, 
it's it's a little cheaper. I like uh, which which is the one uh, Dish owns. Um, Why can't I think of it all of a sudden? Sling. Sling. Yep. They used to at least start at twenty bucks. I don't know if they still do. Yep. Sling still twenty dollars. Yeah. See, that's I, the thing. It gets people on the surface, but then when you actually look at it, you're like, oh, okay, I gotta. You're really good. You're end up. You're gonna end up spending, you know, about uh, about the same price as like Hulu or some of these other packages. They just give you all of them for one price. Whereas Sling kind of has like the oh, you want sports? Yeah, yeah it's another ten dollars. Oh, you want some of these entertainment? That's another six dollars, and then it all adds up. It does all add up. I just I think there's a lot more people out there that would like just basic services, and they'd yeah. be okay with that. And I just, I like the idea of it being an option. It's just not realistic because of the way all of these uh, corporations work, these big, they're all connected. So they want to package more channels in so they can, because they're all making money off of each other in some way, shape or form. There's, you know, these things are not as uh, like individuals. People think the separate channels. So they're kind of going to shove it all down your throat at some point. That's, and that's what we're seeing here. Yeah. Well, there you have it. That's uh, YouTube TV coming out with a bunch of new channels and a bunch of new locations. It's still only thirty-five bucks. Uh, we'll deal. be going to forty bucks March thirteenth. Pro tip: Do not buy YouTube TV through the App Store on your iOS device because Apple tax on uh, like an extra five bucks. Five for, a month? I think so. Something like that. All I know is don't buy it through them. Buy it through Google. And then just download the YouTube TV app. Don't download the app and then buy it through that because, yeah, Apple has their fees that Google does not cover. It's the app fee, basically. Yeah, it's kind of like subscribing to HBO through Apple TV. Um, So for someone who only owns Apple products, how would they do that? Just go to the website, I guess, right? Yeah, I would just go to, like, you type in YouTube TV, go to the website, sign up, like, get your Mm, Google account associated with it, and then just download the app and log in. Um, so unfortunately a lot of people don't know that. And then they end up getting, it might not be a full $5 I'll to look, but well, it's like 30%. So it probably is. I thought it was, I'm surprised it's only $5. Yeah. Well, so there you have it. That's uh YouTube TV. Check it out. I thought that was a pretty interesting update. So I guess we'll go ahead and uh, end the pilot episode here. It would mean a lot if you send me a tweet at tech audit TV on Twitter or on Instagram, whatever. Just let me know you watch the show. And more importantly, let me know what you thought of it. Uh, if you have any tips or stuff that you'd like us to cover in the future, that would be awesome. So thanks so much for listening to the show. If you are listening on iTunes, if you could take 30 seconds after you end this show and leave a good review, even if it's just the stars, uh, it would really help out the show a lot. If this is your first ever interaction with tech audit TV. Thanks for joining and be sure to check out the main show on YouTube by simply searching tech audit TV. We'll see you next time.